Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive as Catholic, we have hearts that are actually that desire the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. Welcome, everyone, to Real Presence Live this wonderful, wonderful Thursday morning, February 14th. An interesting day. We'll get into all the details of this day. Some may be a little surprising to you in just a little bit. My name is Tim Moser, coming at you from the mothership here in Fargo, North Dakota. Beautiful, snowy, snowbanky downtown Fargo, North Dakota. We have Gregory in the studio looking through the glass. He's, he's going to be producing for us here. We have a great, great show for you. I'll get to in just a second. We uh, always want to start with a prayer. Gregory, why don't we go to you first, Gregory, and then we'll come back and start with a prayer because you're already pre-prayed. I'm sure you're ready to rock and roll. So why don't you tell us what's happening on today's show? Okay, so coming up this morning, we'll get an update from Chris Dodson of the North Dakota Catholic Conference on what has happened so far and what North Dakotans should be watching for when it comes to taking action on future bills. And we'll also take a tour of the area to look at what's happening near you in our 10-minute tour. And sometimes keeping things simple is the best way to go. With Lent coming quickly, we'll look at a simple way for the ladies in our listening area to prepare for the journey. All this and much more coming up this morning. Fantastic, Gregory. So smooth. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. That's great. So how have you been doing lately? Um, pretty good. Good. Keep yeah. keeping those horses okay in this cold weather? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard for us to go out there and take care of them now. Exactly. So, oh. so do you have hay for them and everything that they can get to? Yep. I know they can, sometimes you roll a bale down to them. It's kind of hard to do with all the snow, I suppose, huh? We yeah, hand feed them so they have their own feeders. Oh, nice. But do I remember right? You do have some kind of a hill that sometimes you can roll the bales down. Is that right? When it- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the summertime, um, when we're moving bales, we'll stack the um, bales up on a hill because we don't have a tractor, and mm-hmm. then we push them down the hill so when nice. we want to move them. Do they ever go like a little too far and hit something you're not supposed to, or...? Um, not too often. Okay, so d- Dad's okay with that. You're you're all right with that. That's yep. cool. Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. That's great. So you finishing up school now, Gregory? I wish. Um, we still have about an- another half a semester. Mm-hmm. So. Now, are are you a junior this year, or are you a, like a senior? Junior. Okay, that's awesome. That's great. Well, good. Well, hey, thanks for being here today. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. No problem. All right, sounds good. That's Gregory. He is doing our production today. Well, as always, these had a, we have a great show coming up, and as always, we want to start with a prayer. So let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are the giver of all good gifts, goodness, truth, and beauty. Lord, help us to seek those. Help us to see those in everything you've created, and help us to see those and live those out in our daily life. Lord, one of the great ways to do that is through marriage, and we ask that you bless our guest coming up to talk about marriage. Also, as we talk about just simple things, things that are near and dear to your heart and are on our hearts, Lord. Open our hearts today, Lord, just to see that beauty and the peace that you want to bring into our hearts, the love that you want to reside there. And help us to understand and know, Lord, this is not a difficult thing. It's not a complex thing. It's simply resting in you and trusting in you. Lord, we put all this before you today. We ask that you would use us as your will. How do you want us to serve you today? As we pray together, Hail Mary, 
full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome again to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Mosier, your host today at Fargo, North Dakota. And I'm looking across the table here at a great-looking guy, say, Joe Noel, right? Joe no, Noel. Noel, Noel uh, like, yes. like the Christmas Carol, right? Exactly. Joe Noel. Yes. Joe, I was just going to say what distracted me, and I'm easily distracted, is that you have a little a sweater vest kind of like I do, that half-zip thing. I've got a, one of those in that color and one of them in blue. So I really like those in the winter. Yeah, exactly. You get a little layer underneath <laughs> yeah. and off you go. So that's great. Well, Joe Noel. Right. From St. Joe's in Moorhead, right across the river. Yes. That's awesome, Joe. Well, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Grew well, up where? I grew up in uh, Mayville, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family's roots are in Red Lake Falls, Minnesota. My wife is uh, grew up in Red Lake Falls. Ah. <clears throat> well, I have to ask you, Joe, do you know any Thorfinsons then? Von, Von, Von Thorfinson was uh, my company commander at the National Guard in uh, Hillsborough, North Dakota. Oh, how? Way back, yeah. How amazing is that? Okay. I just noticed that he died. Yeah. Just a little bit ago, yeah. exactly. My first college roommate was Dave Thorfinson, his son, who's a dentist. Huh. Yeah, so isn't that interesting? Yeah, Crazy. small world. Aye, that's for sure, that's <laughs> for sure. Well, so growing up there, that that's great. How did you meet your wife then, Joe? Well, uh, when I was uh, a year out of high school, I moved to Red Lake Falls mm-hmm. to uh, take a job in a meat market there. Okay. And um, having no friends there, my... My close, I had a lot of cousins, a lot of family there, mm-hmm. and started hanging out with my one of my cousins who was a couple of years younger than me in his last year of high school. Okay, sure. So his, uh, his one of his friends was actually my wife. My wife's name is Yvonne, by the way, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, her younger brother was one of the friends. So in hanging out with him, I uh, one day at his house, I saw this pretty gal. Walking away from me, she had no interest in me at <laughs> Man, all. Man, where's the love? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, we got out in the car to leave, my friends and I, and I said, uh, uh, was that your sister? And, yeah, she's leaving for the convent. In, uh, in, uh, next week, he said she, was, she had uh, graduated from Mount St. Benedict. She was going back. She thought she was going to be a sister. Okay, sure, sure. And uh, so I kind of put that out of my mind, and then... Uh, a couple of months later, she decided, no, this wasn't for her, and ah. she came home. So now I thought I had a... a Fight and chance. This is, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is good. So I, um, I actually began to pray to Mary that I, might, that I might get to meet her and something will work out. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had a chance to meet her, being my, her brother was my friend. Sure, so. sure. And, and, and I did. Um, and so then when I finally got the courage up to ask her for a date... Uh, her her mother was very, uh, very um, serious about getting them to church, and so Red Lake Falls always had benediction on Sunday night, and mm-hmm. Yvonne always went to benediction mm-hmm. with her sisters, and and I wanted to ask her on a date on a Sunday night, so I said, well, we could go to benediction if you want. Uh, before we go, we were going to go to a movie in Crookston. Mm-hmm. So I gained a lot of points with her mother yeah, with you that did. one. Yeah, ching right there. <laughs> yeah, you right. betcha. <laughs> anyway, so that that's how we met and, and started dating was that. That's interesting. We're talking with Joe Noel about marriage. You've been married for 58 years now, for coming Almost. up with 50 yeah. years? Exactly. Yeah. That's great. And you're <clears throat> going to give us some insights on how to have that good lifelong marriage. Um, well, you mentioned prayer, Joe, and, and, I, and I think that's great because um, 
and, and first of all, I, you know, I think, okay, you know what? There it is. She's walking away from me. She's going to the convent. Try to put it out of your mind. Although you probably in the back of your mind thought about her every once in a while. I'm guessing. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But but isn't it great? But that you were allowing God. Okay, you know what? If that's her choice, if that's what God's calling her to, I'm letting it go. God's got another plan for me. That trust, right? Yes. So tell us. You talked about praying to Mary. Tell us about before you met Yvonne, <laughs> your prayer life, and what that was like, and what that, what that consisted of. Well, I I was a I was young, very young. Yeah. So our, our fa- my family was. Uh, very Catholic, and mm-hmm. we prayed as a family, and Good. and so on. So prayer was a was Just a part, part of, of my life. Sure. I, but I also was a teenager, and and had other things going on in my life. Gregory, um, you're a teenager. Nothing yeah. goes on in your life besides yeah, prayer, right? <laughs> and uh, so prayer was just a part of our yeah. family yeah. Uh, activity. Sure. Uh, going to mass. Uh, we lived in a town that was in Mayville was a mission parish at that time. So there were oh, no it was. Da- no daily masses or okay. anything. So mass they come, was, come from Hillsboro or come from Grand Forks? Where did they come from? Hillsboro. Hillsboro. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Okay. Now, now they have a parish. Right. 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 Exactly. So, mm-hmm. But uh, so getting to mass was actually kind of a treat because it was it was only on Sunday or mm-hmm. if something happened or on the holy days. Sure. Sure. Um, so the opportunity to go to daily mass wasn't wasn't ours, mm-hmm. um, but. But our prayer, the, we, I remember way back the, uh, the campaign to say the rosary that was back in the fifties, mm-hmm. and our family got into that. And so wonderful. I, I had good Catholic parents, mm-hmm. yeah. and it sounded like Yvonne did too. You know, and she it, did. Yeah. Yes, her mother was very, very Catholic and mm-hmm. very sincere. And so as we're, actually, her mother was a widow when I met her too. I oh, never is that did, right? Never met her father. Oh, interesting. So it was a, there was a lot of. Uh, there was not a lot of money in that family. And, sure. Uh, yeah, struggle, struggle mm-hmm. to get by. But. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a blessing, too, not Sometimes, to have too much yeah. money. No, she said she had a, a brother, a younger brother. Did, yeah. Any other siblings, any other kids in the yeah, family? She was, fam- uh, she was from a family of eight. And oh, then, wow. And okay. then besides that, two that had died as okay. children. So, yeah, okay. wow. we're a big family. Yeah. Well, of course, we're, we're looking for some advice here and stuff, too. And so, Joy, I'm just thinking, as we're going through talking about your upbringing and Yvonne's upbringing, <clears throat> Talk to us maybe a little bit, some advice for these younger parents, because right now, say, I'm so busy. You know, I'm working, he's working, she's working, you know, we've uh, got to get the kids to this and that and the other thing. Talk about the importance of prayer and maybe how to carve out that time for something that's so important, for our, especially our young families. Well, Yvonne and I, uh, we, weren't, we weren't the type that uh, prayed together daily or prayed together every night. Mm-hmm. We prayed, mm-hmm. but we prayed beside each other. Or, okay. And uh, so, um, I I admire people that I hear that their family prays as a family mm-hmm. every night. It just wasn't in our personalities. I mm-hmm. don't think to do okay. that. But we were we were church going. We were supportive of our church, and we were we uh, we never missed uh, opportunities to to be at church. And and as I said, we always prayed. But it wasn't a um, a couple's thing for us. We we. Prayed beside each other. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's important too. Just you, you talk about that upbringing. You know, prayer was part of your life. I think so many times in this day and age, I think a struggle and a challenge is how do we do this as a family? You know, because if jobs and if you know the kids go to school and if they have all their activities, one of the things that impressed me about you and Yvonne, it seemed like prayer was just an integral part of your family. It wasn't something that was added on. It was something that was woven into the fabric of your family, prayer and mass and those kind of things. And I think too many times in this day and age, we, you know, our young people especially, 
you know, with, with modern technology, it's easy just to compartmentalize this, 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 and prayer is something I add on, or I do this when I have time, or when it's convenient. You're a great example of coming up and being raised with the idea that it is part of what we do in our daily life. It's not something we add on. And I, and I guess that was kind of my point is we have so many things. For instance, I mean, so many families who wouldn't think of missing a hockey practice, right, for their son or daughter, but that's an integral part of their life. Well, we've got hockey practice here, but is is prayer, is is this thing, you know, is, is, is all of this working? We're talking with Joe Noel. He's been married almost 58 years from St. Joseph's in Moorhead, grew up in Mayville, met his wife in Red Lake Falls. We have a common person here that we know, the, the Thorfinsons. That was kind of interesting. But Joe's given us some, some, some tips and some things about being married 58 years. Now, Joe, when you've been married this long, obviously maybe the ways that you show your wife you love her may have, may have you know, developed or, or changed a little bit over the years. What, what are some ways that you let Yvonne know that you love her? Maybe that she lets you know that she loves you these last like 5, 10, 15 years as you've gone on in your marriage. Well, Yvonne is, uh, the reason she's not a part of this interview is she's not a very healthy person any longer. Okay. She de- she's dealing with uh, uh, the thyroid cancer and is, uh, uh, has a lot of weakness. So getting getting someplace like this today would be a struggle for her. Sure, well, God, but, uh, please please uh, protect her and take yeah. care of her. Yes, amen. So we, um, I, I think the way I show her I love her now is just in kindness. Uh, she she needs a lot of things. She she needs help at home. She's not an invalid by mm-hmm, any means, mm-hmm. but she needs help at home. So I, uh, I I think kindness is the biggest is the biggest word in in, in any marriage. Um, I if from the beginning, from the time you're passionately in love until uh, you get to be our age and and just need to sure. enjoy each other. Exactly. So. That's how I show my love for her is is in kindness, in presence, and kindness, and being there, help, and and that's huge. I should ask: Did God bless you with any you and Yvonne with any children? We have four children. Okay, and uh, we have ten grandchildren, and then um, uh, one one of our sons married uh, older and married someone who had a family already. So we have a group of step grandchildren, stepchildren, whatever, for lack of a better word. Mm And uh, and one of my sons is in a second marriage, so we have another, like a step grandchild there. Okay, also. okay. So, uh, and uh, and all of all of my uh, of our four kids are all Catholic. Uh, Wonderful. All of uh, in some way active in the church or very active in the church. Uh, my youngest son actually works for the Crookston Diocese. Oh, is that right? He's okay. uh, in the evangelization. He okay. just started in uh, July. And, uh, That's not Bob, is it? Yes, Bob. Yeah, oh. yeah, you know Bob. I was a, Bob's a great guy. Yeah, I yeah. just saw him at the convocation here. Yeah. What is that? A month or two ago? Yeah, a couple yeah, months absolutely. ago. I was at that too. Okay, okay, yeah. wonderful. Great event, wasn't um, it? It was wonderful. Yeah, and uh, so getting back to the kids, the grandkids, yeah, yeah. and and living it and living together at this after mm-hmm. this many years, it, it's just we're very comfortable with each other mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of know what things we sure. what things not to do exactly. and uh, sure. But let me, and maybe talk frankly a little bit, if you would, Joe. That I mean, I'm sure there must have been some kind of challenging times in your marriage. Sometimes that were a little difficult. Well, in uh, when we were in our 30s, I had a very comfortable job. I worked for the Army National Guard, mm-hmm. and it was with benefits. And I uh, and I left that job uh, to buy a grocery store in Halstead, Minnesota. Okay. And we remained there for like 37 years in business. Okay. But mm-hmm. uh, so the for the two weeks uh, after I closed on the store 
Yvonne only talked to me through somebody else. She was so so unhappy that I would give up this comfortable job and uh, okay. go into business for myself. Mm-hmm. Well, then, it wasn't very many months later that she had said, uh, I, I can see now that this is going to be a good thing for us. So wow. She realized that I had made a right choice, yeah. and it turned out that way. And that And that got us to Halstead, Minnesota. And uh, and that became our home. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, because we were there, and Halstead didn't have a Catholic church, she was constantly with some of the other women in the parish, agitating over the, that she didn't think we were getting enough service from Ida, the parish sure. that we belonged to. Because, and uh, as a result, we petitioned the bishop to uh, start a parish in Halstead. Mm-hmm. And over a period of time, that came about. Wonderful. Then we were really uh, involved because we had assumed this leadership uh, right. in the community, and uh, <laughs> and we were very involved for uh, the rest of our years in Halstead. Mm-hmm. And we lived in Halstead until five years ago, so okay. we had at least thirty five years of of uh, being deep into this parish in Halstead. Wonderful. And that was a it was a just like the business was for us. It was a partnership. We worked together mm-hmm. in a parish. We were. It was a partnership also, and we worked together. It was very good for our, our marriage and for our family. Yeah. Wonderful. That's great. Joey, got just a little bit of time. If any last words of advice you'd give to married couples as they're going along their way to eternity together? Yeah, I, 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 I just keep going back to this uh, kindness and understanding. Mm-hmm. Just if, if things aren't going well today and, and your partner's not happy, just, uh, just be kind and wait it out uh, Unless you know, unless you're the one causing the unhappiness, mm-hmm. wait it out and and uh, and just be patient. Yeah, and yes. pray, right? Yeah, and yeah. Pr- and maybe the kiss principle. Keep it simple, yeah. servant. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. wonderful. Right. Well, Joe Noel, we'd like to thank you for your insights mm-hmm. and for sharing with us. And we pray that Yvonne. Let's pray for Yvonne, our Lord. We we pray that you would please touch Yvonne, Lord. If we be your will, that she be healed fully. Then make that happen, please, Lord. But always be with her, be with Joe and her family, Lord. Hold her close as you take her through this experience. Thank you so much, Joe. God bless you. Thank you. All right, time for our first break, but stay with us. There are lives that are changing, the ways we get things done, and a simple solution for the issues of busyness, this and more, when we return on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Programming on Real Presence Radio was brought to you in part by Bishop Ryan Catholic School in Minot. Every parent wants the best for their children, and as Catholics, we understand that this means doing everything we can to help our children know, love, and serve God with their lives. Education should be about more than finding a career. It should help one find their vocation. While focusing on math, science, language arts, and social studies, a complete education needs to include the truths of the faith as well. Education should guide children down the right path, providing them the grace of the sacraments and surrounding them in a culture that values virtue. I'm Father Jaden Nelson, president of Bishop Ryan Catholic School, and we provide an education in which our children are taught to have inspired minds, faithful hearts, and lives of virtue. Like you, we want the best for your children. For more information about the beautiful things happening here at Bishop Ryan, visit bishopryan.com. Don't pass up your opportunity to be a part of the Bishop Ryan family. 
This year, your officials are making big decisions that will shape the future of life and dignity in Minnesota. Together, we can make sure Catholic voices count at the Capitol. This is Rachel Herbeck of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. On February 19th, join Minnesota Catholics at the Capitol in St. Paul. Register today for this amazing day of prayer, inspiration, education, and advocacy to hear from speakers including Jim Caviezel from The Passion of the Christ. Get tickets and busing details at catholicsatthecapitol.org. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. It's going to be amazing. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Real Presence Live, get straight talk from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. You're addressing critical Catholic issues in a fun way. Straight talk is your opportunity to share questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. My question is... I have some questions about the bishop. Very good questions. Thanks for that guidance. Straight talk, 9.30 to 10 Central, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Real Presence Live. People think A and B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A and B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at one 800 477 2425 or online at abbusiness.com. Hi everyone, Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network, inviting you on the Real Presence Radio Northern California Mission Pilgrimage, April 4th through 9th, 2019. We will visit some of the missions of St. Junipero Serra, the wine country of the Sonoma Valley, and sites of San Francisco. We'll be staying at a beautiful retreat center with easy day trips to the sites. Cost based on double occupancy is $1,936, or if you want to get your own flight, it's $1,358. For more information, please call 877-795-0122. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone. Tim Moser here in the Fargo studio, just moving things around in the studio a little bit. There we go. How's that, Gregory? All right. You bet. I'd like to thank Joe Noel for being with us this for our first segment. It was awesome. He and his wife have been married, Yvonne, have been married almost 58 years and he shared some great insights. And I love it. It was very simple. Kindness, he said. Be kind to one another. Pray. Wow. Simple, great words of advice. Thanks again, Joe. We appreciate it. And we want to, again, extend our blessings and our prayers to his wife, Yvonne, who's struggling with some health issues. So please uh, extend your prayers there as well. Say, Gregory, can we chat for a minute? All right. You're a lefty, but I still want to talk to you, okay? <laughs> Hey, Gregory, so um, do you have any habits? Um, yes. Uh huh. Wow. Oh, sorry. It isn't always easy um, to get up at six in the morning all mm-hmm. the time, but. Good. You do family prayer and chores and that kind of stuff? Yeah, okay. we uh, do morning prayer from my bravery every morning. See, so. that, that, that's awesome, and, and, and I love that. So habits, h- how do you establish habits, Gregory? Um, like doing the same thing over, over and over every yeah, day. Exactly. Is, um, that's kind of the hardest part for me every, to do the same thing because um, I'm not a, a big fan of monotony. Okay. Or, you know, but um, yeah, doing the same thing over and over until it just 
becomes a habit. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I I think my point is this. All of us have habits if we think about it. And and the way we build them up, we build them up over time, right? Doing the same thing over and over. And usually over time, by the way, the monotony you talk about, some people call that a good routine, just just Mm -hmm. so you know. Some people might call it that. But that's okay. I understand what you're saying. But the idea is that over time, we build things up. We get better at it. We get more proficient at it. We can do things... Even without thinking, which can be good or bad. Now, we can have good habits, of course, and, of course, a lot of us can have some bad habits, too. Sure. But what I want to talk about today, I want to talk about my pivotal paragraph series in the Catechism, and this one is going to be on virtues. I call virtues, Gregory, holy habits. How's that sound? Sounds good. I to know, me. exactly. So, let me just lay a little bit on you from the Catechism. This is of 1803, it says, a virtue is a habitual and firm disposition to do the good. Notice, habitual, it's a habit, and firm disposition to do the good. In other words, we've built it up over time, and I believe in this. For me, it's not monotonous. It is a good routine, right? And so so the idea is that we are going to do this. If you think about people, a great example in our day and age, I think, is sports, right? You know, I mean... I know people that get their kids up at 5 in the morning, not even 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, Gregory, to go like to hockey practice, ice skating practice. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what that illustrates is that's that firm commitment. We're going to do this, right? And again, there's nothing wrong with that as long as we can apply those same principles to our spiritual life. Catechism goes on. The goal of the virtuous life is to become like God. The virtuous person pursues the good and chooses it in concrete action. Notice, we just, let's let it come to us. We pursue it. I want this. How bad do we want to be holy? Kind of cool, huh? And from 1804, this is this, the, next, the next one. It says this. The virtues, human virtues, make possible ease, self-mastery, and joy in leading a morally good life. The virtuous person freely practices the good. I want to talk about this idea of joy, ease, and freely practicing. So, great, great. I know not you, but some people, you know, maybe some of your cousins, you know, and all that kind of stuff, they might have a hard time getting along, and they might have a hard time to be nice either, you know, to their brothers or sisters, or I'm just using that as an example. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that maybe happening? Yes, uh, definitely not to me, of course. Of course. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I can see how... Like you said, the good doing good things over and over can build good habits, mm-hmm. and then doing the bad things over and over again can build bad habits, which like the vices and virtues, right? Exactly. That that's very good. I was going to talk about that, but that's very good. And you're right. It's it's tough to break habits, and that can be good. Can be, it's tough to break bad break bad habits, right? But also good habits kind of take that in too, right? It's t- it's tough to, to to break those good habits. So the idea is this. Oh, I want to invite people in your life to think of one area in your life that maybe is a little difficult for you, where you do not practice the good with free joy, you know, freely choose the good. Maybe, for instance, because, you know, you have Lent coming up in a, in, a, in a few weeks here. Maybe it is a relationship with a family member or a friend. Maybe it's wanting to change something like, you know, maybe your eating habits or maybe exercise or maybe something that it's just not, not really coming. It's not easy to do. You can do it once in a while, but it's just kind of tough to do. I want to encourage people to try to build on that habit. Build a holy habit in one area of your life. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. You know, because you can look back and go, okay, 
I got this in my life, right? I, you know, I'm, I'm not treating my brother or sister with respect, or you know, I'm, I'm not talking back to my parents. I'm, I'm really, I can, I can do this. God wants us to take those great incidents of, of holiness and, and make it work. Matter of fact, I, I saw this book, Matthew Kelly. I can't remember the, the title. I've seen it at two different churches, Gregory, uh, and I picked up a copy. This was about probably two months ago, and I took that book and I read half of it straight through. So straight through, because he said the question is, what, what's the devil's biggest deception? Do you know what the answer is, what he says? Um, nope. The biggest lie he says, he wants us to think is, we cannot be holy. Holiness is not attainable. You see, he, Matthew Kelly, his, his idea is this. Look, he says, people look around and they say, you know, it's so hard to be holy. And, and a lot of people aren't, and they seem like they're having fun, even if they aren't. So, hey, you know, why should we do this? And when I try... I seem to fail miserably, like, you know, major fail, right? You know, and boom, there I go. And so he says, that's what the devil wants. He wants to get us down, get us thinking that we can't do that. So I had to read half, just about halfway through the book when he actually answers, actually answers what, what, that, uh, what that biggest lie is. And so his, his thing is this. He says, you know, he says, all of us, he says, holiness is attainable. He says, how do I know? He says, because you can make yourself do one thing well. Okay, so in other words, let's say, okay, I'm really going to be nice to my brother or sister. And you can do that for 10 seconds. He says, if you can do it for 10 seconds, you can, if one instance, you can have another one and another one and another one. And you know what he's building, Gregory? Yeah, holy habits. That's right. Holiness is possible. It's difficult. It's difficult, but it is possible. And so his contention there again is, okay, you know what? Since we have can do one or two instances of being holy, we can do more. And the more we do it, guess what? It becomes easier with ease. Remember, go back to the catechism, ease, joy, self-mastery. We're mastering ourselves. We're getting it. It becomes more easy, and we do it joyfully. Not only are you doing the right thing, but you are enjoying doing the right thing. Holy habits can be fun. What do you think of that, Gregory? Sounds good to me. Oh, go ahead pretty inspiring too well i appreciate that one last thing it's all grace right so make sure we pray stay close to the sacraments grace grace is what enables us to do that sound cool sounds cool hey gregory thanks for talking with me about holy habits that we call virtues again if you're interested 1803 and following in the catechism of the catholic church oh there's that sound that's right it's time for straight talk We'd like to take your calls at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. Okay, um, and we have Father Paul Dukesher here with us for Straight Talk. Hello, Father Paul. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. We're getting Father Paul some water because, man, this guy needs to make sure that he is uh, nice and lubricated. Hydrated. <laughs> hydrated. Oh, hydrated. That's right. Not lubricated. Hydrated. I always like to talk. i got to keep my mouth <laughs> wet. <laughs> well, I have to say, Father Paul, of course, is my pastor, St. Santa Joachim. That's and, right. And I appreciate it. He is, if you don't know Father Paul, he's, he's got great insights, great simple but profound insights into many things. And, of course, we all know today's Valentine's Day, Father. And, you know, and we're going to talk about love. That's going to be something we're going to talk about. But... Also, maybe just briefly touch on, the church doesn't call this St. Valentine's Day. We're actually celebrating a different feast. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about that and why the church has these feasts? Fe uh, February 14th is actually the feast day of St. Cyril and Methodius. 
uh, two saints that not many people know about in this part of the world. They're very famous in their part of the world, which is Eastern Europe and the Slavic nations. Mm-hmm. Slavic nations like Poland and Bulgaria and uh, Bohemia. Um, St. John Paul II was a Slavic man, ah. being a Polish man. Mm-hmm. And they lived in the ninth century in the late 1800s. Cyril was a monk. We think he probably was also a priest. Uh, Methodius actually worked in government for a while, later became a monk, and then an abbot, later became a bishop. And those two brothers, they were brothers, they were great missionaries to the Slavic nations, Eastern European nations. And um, they brought the gospel there. They suffered an awful lot. Uh, Cyril died much younger, about the age of 42, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Methodius lasted another 15 years. And even that's not very old. He must have died before he was 60. But uh, back in those days, in that part of the world, that's a pretty good lifespan, I would suppose. And they put up with a lot of suffering, a lot of persecution uh, from outside the church and from even within the church. They were were relatively misunderstood because of their missionary work in that part of the world. I don't need to get into that, but they were very holy men. And to this day, they're very... uh, much venerated. This is a big feast day in that part of the world. So we think of this as Valentine's Day, and St. Valentine is, this is his feast day. It's not on the calendar of the church anymore, but um, but St. Cyril Methodius is. This is a obligatory memorial, so we have Mass for St. Cyril Methodius on February 14th of every year. Okay, wonderful. Again, we're talking with Father Paul Dukesher here on Straight Talk. Please feel free to give us a call at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. Maybe something we talk about is going to spark some interest. So we started with Cyril Methodius. Maybe you have a question about the church, the church calendar. Why, why, do, we, why do we honor the saints? You know, what, what is it about them? You know, why do we have these feast days? Maybe. And Father Paul is free to answer any question like that. And of course, since you mentioned it is Valentine's Day, we all think about love. Love is in the air. <laughs> love is in the air. Oh, Along with the 40 below wind chill? <laughs> That's right. Love is in the air. It overcomes all temperatures. Well, Father, I know that when we when you say the word love in our day and age, lots of things come. I mean, people have all sorts of different definitions and ideas about love. Why don't you maybe take us through some of the, maybe the misconceptions, some of the truth about what love really is? Well, you know, as a matter of fact, just this, not, not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before was mm-hmm. the uh, Sunday reading was the great reading on love from mm-hmm. St. Paul in his First letter to the Corinthians, a lot of couples pick that reading for their weddings, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because it does talk about love. I'm not sure a lot of these couples really understand what St. Paul is saying about love. And you mentioned there's a lot of meanings of love. I think love is one of the most uh, equivocal words in the English language. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own definition of love, and Mm -hmm. new ones are coming up every day, every week in the world. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what I like about St. Paul's... uh, letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13, is he's giving us the Lord God's definition of love. It's inspired by the Spirit, it's Scripture, and this is where the Lord really kind of puts out, through St. Paul's words, what he thinks of love, which I think is a good thing to understand and to uh, live then. It doesn't mean these other definitions of love are all wrong. Love is multifaceted. But let's take a look at what does the Lord say, or what does the Lord uh, intend in the, the idea of love, because God is love. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the part in this reading that everybody focuses in on right away is the love is patient, love is kind part. Okay, and that makes sense. But there's a, real, there's, a, there's a paragraph section before that begins that I'm not sure a lot of people really look at and uh, take time to think about. And I want to do that real simple here today. He starts off by saying, St. Paul says, If I speak in human and angelic tongues, but do not have love, 
I am a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. Now, the thing that strikes me there, you know, people will hear that and they'll think, oh yeah, you know, I got to have love or whatever I have is not much. Okay, fine. I understand that. But also what's going on here is that speaking in the human and angelic tongues is different than love. Mm -hmm. Because he's saying it's possible to speak in human and angelic tongues and still not have love. Which means the way you speak, even if it's angelic or in human tongues, even if it's beautiful language, that doesn't necessarily mean that love is present. Mm-hmm. So these, all these people today on St. Valentine's Day, I love you, honey, I love you, honey, fine. But that isn't exactly what the Lord is. There's nothing wrong with saying, I love you. There's nothing wrong with speaking in human angelic tongues. But if you don't have the love, it isn't fully what it was meant to be if you're looking for it to be about love. Exactly. We're we're talking with Father Paul Dukesha here on Straight Talk. We'll get right back to him in a second. Just want to give out the number again. If you want to talk to Father Paul, have a question, a comment, whatever it is, feel free to call us at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. You can also submit a question on Facebook. So again, we want this to be interactive. Father Paul is going to continue to talk about love. But feel free to call in at 877-795-0122. Or give us a question on Facebook. Father Paul, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt either. That's no problem. Then he says, if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. I can understand that. But again, that also means that having the gift of prophecy, comprehending all mysteries and all knowledge, and having faith so as to move mountains, that doesn't guarantee there's love. Love is not of those things in itself either. If I give away everything I own and I hand my body over so that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love isn't necessarily there, at least not the way God is talking about it. Even if you give stuff away, simplifying your life, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. But St. Paul's saying, but if you don't have love means it's possible to have those things and not have love. Mm -hmm. And then he goes into what love is which is very different than what most people would say. If you ask people to define love, to explain love, what they mean by love, very few people would start out with, love is patient. Mm -hmm. Now he starts saying what it is. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. It's not pompous. It's not inflated. Notice what he's describing. He's not giving so much a definition. He's showing how love, love is something that's meant to be lived. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be experienced. And so we see it in the virtues. We see it in actions. We see it in patience. We see it in kindness. We see it when you're not jealous. You're not pompous. You're not inflated. You're not rude. I think you mentioned earlier in the hour the, uh, the man who had been married many years. Right. Simple kindness. You right. know, I just think it's amazing because I see this all the time, and I think a lot of married couples would agree. They're kind to everybody throughout the course of the day. They're at work. They're nice. They're smiling. And they get home. As soon as they walk in the front door, it's easy to be a bear. Mm. Yeah. And they're not as kind to their own spouse as they are to the customer across the desk mm-hmm. or at the table. And so it's love, love is kind. Um, it is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. Boy, that's a tough one for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes people, if they say something or do something that hurts me, not only does it hurt me at that moment, okay, fine, but then I brood over it. I brood over it. And it's like, why am I doing this? Why am I? That's not love. And so you have all these, you know, it doesn't rejoice over wrongdoing, rejoices with the truth, you know, and we have people that claim they love each other and then they're almost glad when something bad happens or something hard happens or if they fail something. And then we, and then we say that we love them. 
well, that's not the way Jesus was. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. We might fail, but love would never fail. So something we try might not work. Something we intend might not come to fruition. But that doesn't mean that the love still can't be there. Remember Mother Teresa? Of course mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. Right. Love never fails. Even if, the, even if she isn't successful, even if we aren't successful, even if my joke falls flat, <laughs> even if my gift doesn't make any sense, even if what I'm trying to accomplish falls in its face, my love that's behind it, that would never fail. See, love is just a different, it's a, it's a different thing than what a lot of people are thinking of. Mm-hmm. And so when people have this reading about love from St. Paul, they should really look at that and ponder that. And not just for married couples, this is for anybody. But of course, it's Valentine's Day and we're thinking of marriage in a special way that way too. But you know what? If anybody should be able to do these things, it should be married couples. My gosh. You know, it's just, they claim that they love each other. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be married <laughs> because they said they wanted to spend the rest of their life. Well, now let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, this is a great, it's a great, I'll call it almost an examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. For married mm, couples, mm, I like that. They could take that out and look at that and say, "How am I doing with my spouse?" Right. We're talking with Father Paul Dukesher here on Straight Talk here on Valentine's Day, talking about love, what love really is, and what it isn't. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Or you can uh, get a question on Facebook. Just uh, enter it and submit it on Facebook. And we will uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, again, Father Paul Dutcher is the is the pastor at Saints Anne and Joachim. Uh, Aaron from Fargo, Father Paul says, "What general advice?" Is he on the phone? Ah, oh, Aaron is on the phone himself. Aaron, I'll let you ask your own question to Father Paul. Thank you very much, Tim. Thanks for taking my call. You bet, Father. What advice would you give for married couples? Boy, that's kind of a general. That's kind of a general question, isn't it, Aaron? What general advice do you have for married couples? Wow. Well, I'll tell you this, Aaron. I'll, uh, the the advice I would say would be, you know what? Think about your vows once in a while that you made when you had your wedding day. Everybody loves their wedding day. They spend a lot of money on their wedding day. They think about it for years, and um, mm-hmm. and sometimes those vows they say them once, and I wonder, you know, go back to your vows once in a while. You know what? That's another great examination of conscience. I take you and you alone. You know, it's like, am I starting to let other people get into, I'm not even talking about infidelity at this point. I'm just talking about, am I beginning to let other people become more important in my life, even than maybe my spouse? I took you and you alone and you took me. And how are we doing? How are we doing together? Do we spend time together? Do we still talk? Do we still go out on dates? Do we still, are we exclusive in that respect? I mean that in a good, wholesome, healthy kind of way. So I took you and I didn't take my golf and I didn't take my job and I didn't take other things. And so am I still taking you until death do us part, but in the good times and the bad, in the sickness and the health. And you know what? The Lord is going to want to have you have some sickness. He's going to want to have you a little bit of poverty. He's going to want to have you have a little bit of hard times. He wa- anybody can be married in the rich times, in the good times, in the uh, healthy times. Almost anybody can do that. And so once in a while, the Lord is going to say, I want to see where you are with your love, that love 
love that we've talked about when it's patient and it's kind and it doesn't brood and it bears all things and endures all things and the Lord's going to throw things at couples. And so it's all goes, it all goes back to what you said and your wife and all these other couples when they got married. I take you better for worse, richer for poor, sickness and health until death do us part. Where am I with that? I just think it, if nothing else, in a very general way, that's what I would say. Let's make sure we're living the vows. That makes sense, Aaron? Makes sense. Okay, are you doing it, Aaron? Every day. Oh, good for you. <laughs> how, long, how long have you been married, Aaron? <laughs> for five years. Oh my gosh, five years. You were such a fine young man. Now you're a fine middle-aged man. Good for you, Aaron. All right? Thank you, Father. You bet. All God right. bless. That sounds great. Thank you, Aaron, for your call. We appreciate that. Again, if you want to call and talk to Father Paul Dutra on Straight Talk, it's 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. You can also submit a question on Facebook. And as a matter of fact, Amy submitted this question on Facebook, Father. She says, I was following a conversation on Facebook the other day. One lady was asking about whether she could attend a Protestant service with her mother. Her priest had told her she would be guilty of the sin of scandal if she attended a non-Catholic worship service. In the course of the conversation, a number of women expressed the feeling that it would be a kindness or even an ecumenical outreach to attend a service with her mother, although obviously she would not be able to receive communion in a non-Catholic worship service. I can see both sides. What are your thoughts? Well, that's a good question. A lot of people have idea, or have situations like that that come up. I'm not sure, um, whenever you're talking about one priest said this, one priest said that, you always have to try to understand there might have been a context that he was uh, talking about, or perhaps she didn't hear him correctly, or maybe he didn't express himself well. So I'm going to say, at this point, I would disagree with that priest as it's written here. Mm-hmm. That it was, she would be guilty of the sin of scandal if she attended a non-Catholic worship service. I would say that would not be true. Now, I'm not sure if he meant it in the same way, but the sin of scandal. No, it is not a sin of scandal to attend a non-Catholic worship service. Now, you could, all, you could say that if you re- receive communion, that is an opportunity for scandal. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure the Lord would be in favor of that at all. Mm-hmm. But I, it, they said that they understood that, or at least that's what it seems to say here. Um, but you know what? It is a nice, there is an ecumenical outreach there. Why can't we pray together? There's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, it might bind those two people that... Um, um, her mother, her own and mother, daughter, yeah, yeah. Yep. and you know it might. It's always good to pray together. Uh, we invite non-Catholics to come to Catholic Mass. Mm-hmm. We don't invite them to come up and receive Holy Communion, but they can certainly come to Catholic Mass, and we want them to pray and worship with us. Sometimes non-Catholics think well, we don't want them to do anything, but kneel, stand, sit. You know, do the sign of the cross, get the palms, get the ashes, you know, get the blessings, everything, just not the sacraments at this point. There's no reason that not a Catholic can't go to another worship service and pray and, and that um, attend their worship also. You know, the Catholic wants to be careful that they don't lead themselves into a moving away from the church themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this uh, particular conversation seems to have been about. So I would say, no, I, I wouldn't say there's a sin of scandal there at this point. I think it would be overall be good. Just be careful and make sure you understand that both parties understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Make sure. Amy, thanks for your question. Father Paul, something comes to my mind that it is related to this. We probably should mention 
and then not that it's true in this case, but if someone were to say, well, I'll go to this Protestant worship service with my mom instead of Mass on Sunday. Talk about that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, no, that would be wrong. That yeah. would be wrong. Not not because you're going to the Protestant worship right. service, but because if you're skipping Mass, you're missing out on the sacrifice of the Mass. That is not replicated anywhere. That's the commandment of God. He wants us to worship at the Mass. Now, you can't do that at home. You can't do that at a non-Catholic church. You can't do that anywhere else except in a Catholic church with an ordained priest. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the obligation. The obligation isn't even to receive communion. Even if a person is in the state of mortal sin or they shouldn't receive communion, they still have an obligation, a Catholic, to worship at Mass because Mass is the kind of worship that you can't do anywhere else. And so, um, you can, if, you, if you need to go to church every Sunday, and so if you want to, if you're in a mixed marriage and you want to attend the worship service of your spouse, that'd be great. You still need to go to Mass. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I could think of a lot worse things than for couples to go to two, two religious services on the same weekend, mm-hmm. one Catholic and one non-Catholic, the more they pray together. But that Catholic person, they've got to go to Mass. Makes sense, makes sense. Amy, thanks again for your question on Facebook. Again, we're talking with Father Paul Dukesher. He's the pastor at St. Santa Joachim Catholic Church in South Fargo on Straight Talk. Talking about love right now, you can call us at 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. You can also submit a question on Facebook. You know, Father, I'm thinking as you've gone through, you've gone through marriage prep for you know many, many years. You've been a priest for how many years now, Father? It's going to be 29 this summer. It hardly seems a, a uh, no. young, good-looking guy I look like, like you. I'm 29. That's a problem. Exactly. I, it really, it really fakes people out. It's priest right out of the womb. I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've got a question for you that that makes sense to me. So, in your 29 years of doing marriage prep, have you seen, you know, some changes how couples are coming into you and, and, and their expectations, you know, and how they might be living and all that kind of stuff as as we go through? What are some of maybe the common things that you've seen change, or or maybe some of the Dangerous signs you have when they come to you with with marriage prep. Well, I guess what I'd say, uh, my first reaction to your statement would be, what I'm seeing with more and more couples is what I'll call extremes. Now, don't we use that word all the time mm-hmm. nowadays? I need yeah. to explain that word. What I mean is, more and more couples are at one or the other end of the spectrum more than I used to see before. Mm-hmm. So, well, let me start with the good news. The couples that come to me who want to get married that are solid mm-hmm. are really solid. Mm-hmm. Good. We have great young Catholic couples out there. All the, when I use the word Catholic, that could include a mixed marriage because at least one of them is Catholic. That's why they're coming to me. Mm-hmm. So I'll call that a Catholic couple. Okay. So whoever is coming to me, um, I just think on the whole, and this would I think this is true of the population in general, but I think it's true of couples. Is um, the Catholic, the Catholics that are serious about their faith, that are solid in their faith, these couples, they're much stronger and much more solid than they were like thirty years ago. Excellent. I just, I know, there was, there's always been great, cu- but I mean, on the whole, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the right. ones that are solid are even more solid. But then the bad news is the ones that are weak in their faith, the ones that are a little bit skittish in their relationships, it's almost getting worse. Mm-hmm. What we're, what I'm seeing less of is that, that middle section mm-hmm. where they're, they're okay. And, and I'm, you know, the Lord doesn't like mediocrity either. That's like one or the other. But on the other hand, it seems like they're either falling to one end of the spectrum. And for the ones that are, you know, there's just too many couples living together. Mm-hmm. This living together thing is, is hurting them. It's the worst marriage preparation you can have. And you can't, it's hard to convince them of that. At least when I get to them, I have to try to get them to turn things around. Mm-hmm. They've already kind of made their decision. But that's really hurting a lot of couples. It's weakening their faith. It's weakening the relationship. And even things like their own particular practice of the faith in other areas, 
and their worship style or their the, the how they worship or whether they worship um, relationships with their own parents. There's a lot of broken families and how a lot of guys have never seen a good example of um, fatherhood and husband yeah. being a good husband. A lot of women haven't seen a good example of motherhood. I don't want to generalize too much. I'm just saying that for couples that come in a little bit weak, it seems like even nowadays they're weaker than normal mm-hmm. or, well, weaker than when I first started. Sure. There is that middle section, but I just see more and more of that. And so it's, I see a lot of couples that I'm going to need to do some work with. And then I see a lot of couples, oh my gosh, they're, they're set to go already. Wonderful. And so, you know, I, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's good in its own way. I mean, you know, the ones, the, what my, my prayer is also the, is always that the ones who need a little bit more work, more often than not, they know that, mm-hmm. which is the one thing. Maybe, and maybe no one's ever been able to push them. And so that's, that's, most of them are very open to that. They just never had the chance. Okay, wonderful. Well, straight talk here with Father Paul Dukesher. Simple, straight. I love it. His, his answers are very good. We've had a call from Aaron and a Facebook post from Amy. There's still time if you want to call at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or submit a question on Facebook. Father, I've got something for you here. Okay. So I was, and this happened in the Fargo Diocese. A priest that we would know, I won't mention his name. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> but a couple came to him and said they wanted to get their child baptized. Yep. And they weren't married. Okay. And he said, he said, well, maybe, we should, maybe we should talk about marriage. They said, oh, we're not interested in marriage. That, mm-hmm. that, doesn't, that, that doesn't really pertain to us. What are your thoughts on that? Boy, that's a tough one because um, now I would never say that you wouldn't baptize. Well, the church would never say, and I don't think priests would necessarily say that we wouldn't baptize mm-hmm. the child because the parents are married. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, we wouldn't punish I don't, the child. Now, you might run into a priest somewhere in the world that'll do that. Mm-hmm. We always hear that. Well, one priest said that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, fine. But that, that is not the, the, the course that most priests would take. On the other hand, I can see why the priest would say, well, let's, let, let's, let's talk about this. And it's almost like if the couple is committed to each other, if they intend that they want to stay, let's talk. Why wouldn't you think about that? Right. Why? You know, so, and now if they're going to say, well, we don't, that isn't on our game plan at this point. Well, you know, I'm not sure that means, well, let's delay the baptism either. Mm-hmm. I think we'd still want to go and baptize that child. The child is there. There's no reason in that respect. And the very fact that parents have come to the church means they're open to it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that that one attempt to move them towards marriage, that should be it either. Mm-hmm. Let's keep, let's, okay, let's get this baby baptized, but let's get back to this. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It might be the fact that maybe that invitation by the priest to think about marriage was the first time anybody's really said it like that. Yeah. And their first inclination is, oh, no, no, no. But then later on, they begin to think, well, maybe we, yeah, maybe. Sure. So they might actually, and I've seen this many times, where my first push in anything, and this not just for priests, but for lay people, Catholic lay people, your first push might be immediately rejected because that's their immediate reaction. Mm-hmm. But as they always say, the seed has been planted. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so... You know, there's nothing wrong with going back to that couple and bringing that up again, encouraging, because if it is a healthy couple, why not? And I think through the baptismal prep, through the whole uh, experience of the church, they might be saying, you know, this God thing is okay for us. That's just what I was going to ask, baptismal preparation. I was thinking that could be an opportunity Mm -hmm. there for you to talk and then, you know go a little deeper if, as, as the Spirit moves. Now you see fit. Okay, that's great. Again, we have about four or five minutes left with Father Paul Dukes. Our time's going fast. If you want to give him a call, we can get in a quick phone call, 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or you can submit a question on Facebook. And again, we've, we've talked about St. Cyril and Methodius. Uh, 
priests, you know, saints. And, of course, we've talked about love. Father, I've got a question for you unless someone else does. We've talked about married love. We've talked about, you know, how husbands and wives can do this. But you, as a celibate, as a priest, tell us how do you live out <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13? Or how, <laughs> how should a priest or a celibate live out 1 Corinthians 13? Well, uh, uh, the, the 1 Corinthians 13, obviously, it, it applies to married couples. But I'm, the thing is also, St. Paul wasn't necessarily writing this to married couples mm-hmm. Uh, particularly right. love god is love this is love is for everyone mm-hmm. so now married love is its own particular animal and therefore that's why you you have particular ways of implementing this particular but it's the same idea i need to be patient i need to be kind i need to not be jealous etc cetera, etc cetera. i can speak really well and if i don't have love i'm nothing etc mm-hmm. etc et all the same exact love never fails i need to never fail in my priesthood um you know a lot of people will say well what about this you're missing out on the uh the companionship and that whole part of love yeah that's true um, but I just want to throw out to people, and I, I, you know, people, where do you, what, how does that work for you? And I'll just say to them, one respect, you know what? And that's none of your business. And <laughs> I, well, the reason I'm saying that is, I don't push into married couples' intimacy. That's their business. That's mm-hmm. not my business. Mm-hmm. Now, when the Lord asks a man or a woman, religious, to give up married life, He's asking them to give up something very special. Do we really think that He's not going to give them? something in return. Mm-hmm. Of course he will. He's not going to ask them to sacrifice married love and children and not give them a special experience of love and fruitfulness in his way. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Each priest is different, each sister is different, mm-hmm. but it's there. And so don't feel too sorry for priests or religious. They're getting their own thing from Jesus very directly and they don't need to tell you what that is. That's between them and their spouse. Mm-hmm. And um, so now, could a priest or religious mess that up and miss out? Sure. Can married couples mess <laughs> it up and miss out on the beauties of married love? Sure. We're all sinners. But the celibate love directly with God, the married love with the other, it's the same dynamics. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's all a gift of self, right? That's Follow right. God there wants. you go. That's amazing. We're talking with Father Paul Dukesher here on straight talk we got two minutes left i've just been told and so a quick call or a, or a facebook post would be fine you know father i've always thought of uh, not always but just you know just in the last several years i've been studying theology of the body more i and I, maybe this is a weird analogy but i like to think of a married couple good married couple shows the depth of god's love look how one person can be mm-hmm. loved so amazingly and i like to think of the priest and religious life as the the width and the breadth of god's love i mean you have thousands of spiritual children you know, children you baptized your your parishioners and so god's love is both deep and wide and priesthood and religious life point us to the end times right when there will be neither given or married and married points us back to the beginning how it was supposed to be so i don't know does that any of that make sense it makes complete sense there's all kinds of ways of looking at that mm-hmm. and yes, to a certain degree you could also say that the celibate love because without the as saint paul would say the distraction of a husband or a wife mm-hmm. That can be very deep too mm-hmm. between the soul and God. Ah, yeah. In a way that a married couple, it's just it's hard to do it because they're kind of um, worried about each other. Yeah, yeah that sure, kind of sure. thing. So there's a depth there. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, married couples through family and through extended family might have more of a breadth of more deeper. My my breadth is there, but it's not as deep as even maybe some extent families or extended sure, families. Sure. And so there's a breadth even in married love among families and friends and neighborhoods and, and a parent, a parent organizations or parent groups or whatever that it's meant to be where that's widespread too. So there's a little bit of both mm. in, in all of them. Yep, but yep. I understand what you mean exactly. I like that. I never thought of it that way. Well, we have one minute left, Father Paul. Any, any uh, advice to our listeners about love, about anything we've talked about today? Well, the thing is, all I'd have to say would be this. Look, we're all a bunch of sinners. That's true. But God is love. 
And if you want to love, and we all do, and that's the meaning of life, and that's what makes life wonderful, we got to go back to the way God intended it to be done. And that's why 1 Corinthians is a great thing. Jesus, got to go back to Jesus. How does he love me? That's the way I got to love him. Amen. Amen. I remember I remember being on a, a, a trip with Father Paul and another married couple, my, my wife, myself, and two priests, and the other guy and I were talking about all these things and bannering things around. I thought we had it pretty well thrown out, and Father said, you're missing one thing. I'll tell you about it at supper. And you know what it was? <laughs> It was Jesus. Oh, I know, Father. Good thanks. for me. Father All right. Paul Dukesher, thanks so much. Appreciate you it. You bet. All right. Good God bless here. you. All right. Thanks. Okay, Father Paul, thank you for coming. And, of course, straight talk this morning and Real Presence Live. We're going to step away for just a couple minutes. But coming up at the beginning of next hour, did you know that a local lawmaker has tried to get the Bible back in public classrooms? We'll hear a little bit about that and a simple solution to busyness for some of our listeners when we return, along with our 10th 